the question I want to begin with is, why are we as Americans so interested in the Olympic Games? Why are we so interested in the, in the USA medal count? Anybody know how many medals we got? 104, see? <laughs> 104 medals. Well, I think it's because we love to win. And I think we love to watch other people win and be successful. Well, in the Bible, the Apostle Paul talks about the Corinthian games that took place in Greece. They were the predecessor to the Olympic Games today. The Corinthian Games were held every three years, and they included things like running and jumping and leaping and spear throwing. Uh, They included things like boxing and wrestling, chariot racing, and here's my favorite, racing in armor. Now, that would be tough, right? Racing in armor. But they had a lot of the same kind of Olympic Games as we have today. And everyone that competed in the games, the Corinthian games, had to take this oath. I trained for at least 10 months, and I will not resort to unfair tricks. Okay? They didn't have steroids in those days, and so they had to say, well, I just won't do unfair tricks. But man, did those Corinthian games benefit the winners. Listen to this. Your name, if you won, and your hometown would be shouted out in the crowd as they placed a wreath around your neck. But then you'd be given a triumphal parade in your own hometown. Then you'd be given 500 drachmas in cash. That's about a buck 84 today in in U.S. dollars. And then you'd be given the right to sit in a place of honor in all future Corinthian games. You were sitting there as a winner. But beyond that, your children would receive a free education for their whole life. And then you would be exempted from military duty for your entire life. And then you and your family were released from paying taxes for life. And all of God's people said about that one, amen. (laughs) And so I wonder, did everybody compete (laughs) with all of those benefits? It was amazing. The Corinthian games. Well, now in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, this new church of new believers, and he uses the games as an illustration for life because they understood the Corinthian games like we understand the Olympic games. And he pulls out of them four principles for running the race of the Christian life. And that's what I want to talk with you about this morning. And I want to share four things that you and I, we really need to do this fall. As we end the summer and we head into the fall, four things that we need to do if we really want to win when it comes to running for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We want to run and we want to run well. But how do we do that as followers and believers in Jesus Christ? Well, look at this. Paul writes this. And he's writing these Corinthians that know about the games. You know that in a race, all the runners run. But only one gets the prize. So run to win. And all those who compete in the games use self-control so they can win a crown. And that crown is an earthly thing that lasts only for a short time. But our crown, believers, followers of Jesus, will never be destroyed. So I do not run without a goal, says Paul. No, I fight like a boxer who is hitting something, not just the air. 
I treat my body hard and I make it my slave so that I myself will not be disqualified after I have preached to others. What does it take to win the Christian race of life? What does it take to really run well for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? First of all, write this down. It takes desire. It takes desire. You've got to want to win. Deep down in your soul, if you're an athlete, you, you've got this desire to win. I listened to a lot of the uh, interviews of the athletes, and there was a, a common denominator. Didn't matter what country they were from, didn't matter what event they were involved in, but every one of them had this deep desire, this deep passion to excel. No matter what they were doing, it was their life passion. You listen to them and you learn that they studied it. They practiced it. They, they worked at it. Some of them 10, 12 hours a day to get it right. They dreamed about it. They dreamed about winning. They, they, they lived it. They had this deep desire to achieve more. To excel beyond what had ever been done before. To set new records. And to win gold. When I listen to that kind of stuff, I think about us as believers. Who've been set free by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been given this opportunity to know God. And to not only know Him and serve Him now. But to live with Him for all eternity. And I think about us and our passion. Do we have that kind of desire to run the race for God here? He's put us here. He's designed us to run a specific race. And are we running with passion? So the first question I want to ask is, what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? Beyond In-N-Out Burgers. Beyond Chipotle Burritos. What are you passionate about? What turns your crank? What gets you excited? You see, if you want to win in life, you've got to run to win. The Bible says, you know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. So run, says Paul, run to win. Now look at those words, run to win. He's saying to believers in the Corinthian church, whatever God leads you to do in life, go for it. Go for the gold. What about us as Christians? Are we going for it? Are we running to win? It doesn't matter what, what God has called you to do. He may not have called you to be a pastor or to be in ministry full time as a vocation. But it doesn't matter what he's called you to do and gifted you to do to, to earn an income and to put food on the table. But beyond that, he's gifted you and given you desires to, to, to do things in life. And he wants you to use those to run for him and to serve him. Run for Jesus? Yes. Run to accomplish the mission of Jesus? Yes. Run to fulfill the call that God has put on your life to do something for Jesus? Yes. But always run to win. But I've learned that most people in life don't run to win. They run to retire. <laughs> they just kind of jog through life with mediocrity. 
But they're running to retire. The whole goal is to just get enough money and get comfortable enough to just retire. But God didn't put you here to retire. God put you on this earth for a short time, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, to run for Him. To use the desires and the gifts and the talents and the resources He's blessed you with to run for Him. To do something for Him. To make an impact and and a difference in people's lives here. To make your life really count on earth. God has given you desires. But on top of those desires, He's given you gifts and talents and resources. And He wants you to use those to make a difference in people's lives. And if you focus on your God-given desires, you will be successful. You will win that specific race that God wants you to run, that He designed you to run. And the Bible even says this, the Lord is pleased with the success of His servants. Those of you who are parents, do you want your kids to succeed? Do you want them to win at life? Of course you do. So you need to understand this. So does your heavenly father. You're his child. And when he looks down and he sees his followers, his church, his believers, running the race that he's made them to run, and he sees them winning in life, he's thinking, that's my girl. That's my boy. Look at them. They're running the Christian race. They're running hard. They're not giving up. They're going to make it to the finish line. They're making a difference in somebody else's life. That's my boy. That's my girl. And God is pleased at your success. You see, God never puts you here to fail. So run to win. Don't settle for second. Don't settle for silver. Don't settle for... Christian mediocrity, just kind of going through the motions, run to win. The Bible says this, with God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything that we could ever ask or imagine. When God is in you, nothing is impossible. So the question is, what do you want most in life? What do you desire most in life? Is it just making enough to retire? Or is it running to a whole new level with Jesus Christ? We know that most of us think the finish line, the goal is heaven. Yes, run for heaven. Run to make it to heaven. We we know that the goal is to run to know Jesus more and better. To learn how to hear His voice better. How to serve Him better. But are you really running with Him? Are you running to go to that next level as a Christian? Or are you just jogging to retirement? It takes desire. And everything starts with desire. And nothing will really happen in your life until you you get still and you listen to God enough that you get His desire for your life. I'll never forget the day and the moment that God spoke to me. And said, Larry, you're going to be doing this. You're going to be in ministry for the rest of your life. And that set me on a whole course of serving God. 
Now, God may never say you're going to be in ministry full time, but he's going to lead you in a direction where you can use your gifts and your talents to come alongside somebody and lead them into a relationship with Christ or encourage them with their walk with Christ or to help them with generosity, whatever is needed. But it takes desire. Do you want to run with Jesus? Second, it takes direction. It takes direction. You must focus on a specific finish line. You need to have a specific direction to go. Now, Paul writes this. He says, this is what I do. I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I fight to win. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just playing around. Notice that Paul says, when I get up in the morning, I don't still run everywhere and run here and run there and say, oh, they need me to serve over here in church and they need me to serve over there. He says, no, I run straight to the goal. That thing that God designed me to do, gifted me to do, called me to do. He said, I've got a purpose. He not only had a certain desire for, to do something for God, but he, he also ran in a direction for God. He ran straight towards the goal. And then notice, he wasn't just playing around. He was going for it. Because most people are just playing around in life. A lot of people, even Christians, never get really all that serious about their relationship with God. They want fire insurance. They want to know they're going to miss hell and go to heaven. But they never get that serious about God. Instead, they just kind of live selfish little lives and just kind of play around until it's time to retire. Somebody once wrote, if most people drove their cars the way they planned their lives, they'd never get out of the driveway. <laughs> but you see, a lot of people never really decide where they're going, where they're running for God, what God has called them to do. But the Bible says, look at this, an intelligent man aims at wise actions, but a fool starts off in many directions. Folks, if you haven't yet discerned how God has made you and what he's really called you to do, whether it's to teach children or teach youth or to encourage people or you have the gift of service and helps and so you're working in the hub and you're, you're helping with mission efforts, maybe you haven't been still enough to let God say, this is where I want you. But if you get quiet enough, long enough, and you talk with some pastors and some other people, you can know where God wants you to run, where he wants you to spend the majority of your time running for him. And when you do that, you will succeed. And you'll be effective in influencing and impacting people in life for Jesus Christ. We need to run a specific direction. If you want to win, you've got to find that direction and run towards God in that direction. Paul says it this way, I bring all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past. And he had a past. He persecuted the church. He participated in a murder of a Christian. So Paul says now, that I'm a follower of God. I bring all my energies to bear on this one thing. I'm going to forget my past and how I messed up and how I failed. And instead, I'm going to look forward to what lies ahead. And look at this. And he says, I strain to reach the end 
of the race. I wonder how many of us are straining in our race with Jesus. Straining to become more like Jesus. More pure instead of impure. To know him more. To know his voice more. To serve him better. How many of us are straining in the race of Jesus Christ? God desires that you put all of your energy into running for him. And if you do that, I guarantee you, you'll still have energy to run for your family, energy to run for your job. You put God first, and he'll make sure everything else works out. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Run for him. The question is, what is the focus of your life? What is your aim? What are you running towards? And is it Jesus Christ? To win, it takes desire, It takes a specific direction, and then it takes discipline. you got to be willing to work hard. The Bible says this. Paul writes to these Corinthians who understand the Corinthian games. He says, all those who compete in the games use self-control so that they can win a crown. He goes on and he says, and to win, you must deny yourself many things that will keep you from doing your best. Now, the words discipline and self-control and self-denial, those are not popular words in American culture. Amen? (laughs) We want comfort. We want retirement. We want a relaxing showerhead with massage on it. We don't talk a lot about discipline and self-control and treating our bodies hard. Paul says, but to win, you got to deny yourself of some things. It's like if you want to win at weight loss, you're going to have to deny yourself some of those venti mocha frappuccinos with whipped cream and chocolate drizzle on top. I love those things. And I know I could get a grande, not a venti, but I get a venti. And I keep saying, God, I want to drop five pounds. And he says, venti mocha frappuccino. It's got to go. We want beautiful bodies without exercise. We, We want wealth, but without work. We want stuff without sacrifice. We want spiritual maturity, but without service and without study. But without discipline, those things are impossible. God tells us in his word, lazy people want much, but get little while the disciplined are prospering. The question is, are you willing to pay the price? It's a good question. See, a lot of people have desire to win. Some people even head off in the right direction toward what God designed them to do. But if they're not willing to pay the price to put in the time and the hard hours, the discipline that it takes to win, they fail. I've had people ask me again and again, Larry, what's it like to start a new church, to plant a new church? And my answer is always the same. It's the most wonderful, horrible thing I've ever done in my life. Because it was hard. And the first two to three years, Shirley will tell you that I was working 70, 80 hours a week. It it took discipline. It took hard work. 
So to win, it takes that desire. Then it takes finding out from God how he made you to run, what race he wants you to run and win. And then it takes discipline. And then it takes determination. You know, to win, you must never, ever, ever give up. You don't know how to quit. You keep running because you don't know how to stop. You never quit. Paul says this, I treat my body hard so that I myself will not be disqualified. He's saying, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. I'm going to do whatever it takes to not be disqualified in my race for God. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to make my body do what it needs to do to make it across the finish line. How hard as Christians do we treat our bodies? I know a lot of you, you got to get up early to get on the 91 and make a commute somewhere. And you say, oh, pastor, but I can't get up 30 minutes and be in the word and, and, and pray. I've got to get on the 91. I've got to get up at 430 in the morning. I've got to get started. I can't. I just don't have time for God in the morning. But yet you're the same person who watches Leno. Or the late night news. And you could go to bed 30 minutes earlier and you could make your body and you could treat your body hard and make it obey getting up and spending time with Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. We've got to do that if we want to win. That's determination. Paul says, I keep trying to reach the goal and win the prize for which God called me through Christ to this life above. You see Paul. Kept trying to reach the goal. That God designed him to reach. He was determined. To reach that goal. And win that prize. Listen. Great people. Effective people. Are just ordinary people. With extraordinary determination. They don't know how to quit. They're determined to cross the finish line. They're determined to become more like Jesus. They're determined to help others in the name of Jesus. They're determined to make it to heaven. And they don't stop running for God. They're determined to win. Paul says this. The Bible says, let us run the race that is before us and never give up. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way. And the sin that holds us back. Let us look only to Jesus. Think about his example. He held on while wicked people were doing evil things to him. So don't you get tired. Don't stop trying. Now notice in that scripture in order to finish the race of life. There are some things you have to let go of. Some things you have to remove. And there's some things you should hold on to. First, remove anything that's holding you back spiritually. So the question is, what is holding you back? In the race for Jesus. In the race of Jesus. What is it that's keeping you from becoming all that God designed you to be? For some of you, the thing that's holding you back is a habit. You know it's not pleasing to God. You know that it's sinful. 
And yet you just keep doing it and doing it. For some of you, what's holding you back is maybe a friendship with someone who is not a follower of Jesus. And you keep hanging out with them and they keep dragging you back and they keep dragging you down. They keep pulling you back into sinful things. They're holding you back. For some of you, the thing that's holding you back is materialism. You've got a desire to acquire just material things. And that desire has so consumed your life that you've got no energy left or time left to run for Jesus, to run for God. You're just chasing stuff. Remove what's holding you back spiritually. And then second, hold on to Jesus. Let go of things that are holding you back and hold on to Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't give up when things got tough. He didn't give up the race to pay the penalty for our sin, to redeem you and me and set us free. He didn't give up when they were nailing him to a cross. He finished his race. He ran toward his goal. Maybe you're tempted to give up on your marriage. Maybe you're tempted to give up on your job or to give up on the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But God is saying, don't give up. Like the old poster says, when you get to the end of the rope, tie a knot and hang on for dear life. (laughs) Don't give up. But how do you not lose determination? Well, this is what I found works in my life. You don't lose determination when you keep your focus on Jesus. Notice that the Bible says, let us look only to Jesus. The reason we give up too soon is often we take our eyes off of him. And we start looking sideways and we get distracted. We we look at stuff over here. We look at other people over here. And we, we lose focus on Jesus. How many of you remember the old movie, Chariots of Fire? It's an old, old movie. Okay, you just confessed how old you are, all right? (laughs) It's a movie about the Olympics. And there was this coach of a runner named Abraham. And the coach was scolding Abraham because the race that Abraham was, was running, even though he was winning, he could not stop looking sideways to see where the other runners were, if they were catching up with him. And in one of his races, he looked over his shoulder, he looked sideways, and a guy named Eric Little caught up with him and passed him, and Little won the race. And the coach said to Abraham, never, ever take your eye off the goal. Folks, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus, amen? We get, there's so many distractions in life whether it's the yard or the house that needs remodeled or the the job or whatever, but we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus if we want to run the race and win. The moment you start looking sideways, you lose sight of your goals, and then you lose. But Paul never got sidetracked. He refused to be sidetracked. And at the end of his life, he could truthfully say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. One day, we're all going to stand before God. And determine, depending on where all of us are today, would you be able to say with Paul, I have run the race. I finished the race. I fought that good fight 
of Jesus. And I kept the faith. Well, we, would you be able to say that today? You see, what matters in life is not the awards, not the promotions at work, not the plaques on your desk, not the perks, not the, not the salaries, not the bonuses. What matters in life is whether or not you finish the race that God designed you to run. And if you did, your rewards will not fade. They'll not rust. They'll not get lost. They will last. And the Bible says they'll last for eternity. But, you know, all those beautiful purple ribbons and the gold medals and silver medals that people won at the Olympics this year, the Bible says they're all going to burn, get destroyed. They're going to fade away. But what we gain as a follower of Jesus Christ will last. Look at this. The Bible says everyone who competes in the games does it to get a crown that won't last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Folks, live your life to win the prize that God gives because it will last. For eternity, it will last. I think one of the most dramatic examples of determination is a guy who ran in the Barcelona Olympics. His name was Derek Redmond. And Derek Redmond ran the 400-meter race for Great Britain. Awesome runner. But on this particular day in the Olympics, when he was running, he pulled the hamstring on his right leg, and he fell. He fell. Watch this, and then we'll close. Derek Redmond, the best form he's shown since he broke the British record. He was in great shape, you know. He, he was had a chance, possibility of maybe getting a medal there. If Cuban Hernandez has got uh, Redmond to aim at, and so too in lane number three is Steve Lewis, but Redmond's got off very fast indeed, and so too is Ismail of Qatar. Down the back straight, he's the fractional leader. Father of Nigeria has gone very quickly, and Redmond has broken down. He's on the track, kneeling down, and Derek Redmond, on his injury problem, the jinx has struck again. Running down the back straight, I heard a funny clap or a pop, and I honestly, for a split second, thought I'd been shot. Uh, and then, obviously, I realised I've, I've pulled a hamstring. And then when the pain sort of died down, I remembered where I was and what I was doing, and I remember thinking, quick, you're in the Olympic semi-finals, you're prat, get up and start running. And I got to the 200-metre mark after hobbling 50 metres and looked across, and all the guys had finished, and it pretty much hit me that, you know, it ain't going to happen, it's all over. I would have laid there. You know, to be honest, there's no way I would have got up because hamstring, when you've got a hamstring, you know you've got a hamstring. He just wants to finish. His dad's trying to run under the track to stop him. He's going to tell him, Derek, don't. The old man went to put his arms around me and I was just about to try and push him off because I thought it was someone else. I didn't see if he sort of jogged from behind. And uh, he said, look, you don't need to do this, you can stop now. You haven't got nothing to prove. And I said, oh, I have, you know, get me back into lane five, I want to finish. Now in the greatest arena in sport, he's getting the cheer of the games. I would never have wanted to be in Derek Shue at that time. You know, it was a sad moment. It was a, you know, a great moment, you know, in the sport, to be honest. 
it's just a figure, a picture that just stays in your mind forever because you don't want to see any athlete having to go through that. You just knew how destroyed he was and just how much that race meant to him. You know, it's interesting. Derek Redman never won a medal for that race. He never set a world record, but he did finish the race. He finished the race. In excruciating pain, he finished the race because he was determined to finish. And with the help of his father, he finished that race. Folks, life is tough. Stuff happens. Things that are unexpected take place. And the race that God has called you to run is not an easy one. There will be times as a, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, that you stumble. There will be times when you fall and make mistakes. There will be times when it's going to take every ounce of determination for you to get up and finish that race. But listen close. You've got a heavenly father who will come alongside of you, just like Derek's father came alongside of him. You've got a heavenly father who will come alongside of you and put his arm around you and help you to the finish line. And all of God's people said, amen. God, your father loves you more than you will ever understand. And his whole heart is to help you to finish this race and spend eternity with him. But listen close now. To win this race, it takes desire. How is your desire for running the Christian race? It takes direction. Do you know where God wants you to run? It takes discipline. Are you, go are you willing to work hard? And it takes determination to never give up. But take a look at what the Bible says as we close. The Bible says, we can win with God's help. He will defeat our enemies. Amen? Yes. Would you recite that verse out loud with me? I want you to just have that drop, driven deep down in your soul as we leave today. Let's say it together. Here we go. We can win with God's help. He will defeat our enemies. Amen. Would you bow your heads for prayer? If the Lord has spoken to your heart, as I've been sharing with you this morning, that you aren't giving it your all, that you really aren't running the Christian race to win, would you pray this prayer in your heart and mean it in your heart and make this a day when you set yourself on a new course, a new direction with Jesus Christ, a day when you say, I'm deciding that I'm going to run to win. Prayer goes like this. Father, help me desire to follow your plan. Point me in the right direction. And I will fulfill your plan. Help me to discipline myself. Help me control myself. So I can win the race you've called me to run. And Father, with your help, I'm determined to run the Christian race to the finish line. From this day on, 
I am running to win. Father, I thank you for each follower here this morning. Those who've asked you to come into their lives and be their Savior and Lord and forgive their sins. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless them this day and bless them this week and give them the strength and power from your hand to run the Christian race like never before. We ask in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.